there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, buddy. Welcome back to another episode. Instant reaction of the 23 Personnel Podcast. This evening, your Texas Tech Red Raiders defeated the UTEP Miners 38-3. to We are live on location at one of the wonderful Whataburger locations here in Lubbock. Yeah. We're also seated directly under one of their speakers. So there's going to be a lot of background music. Yeah. You'll just have to enjoy it with us. It'll be a, it'll be an interesting ride. And because the game ended so late, we're able to enjoy breakfast. That's true. The we breakfast are, menu is open. We did order from their breakfast menu here at Whataburger. When really, I should say relatively, the game ended late because a three and a half hour game time for a Texas Tech game really isn't that bad. No, not at all. But here we are. Just hitting midnight central time in Lubbock, Texas. We are, what, an hour and a half post-final whistle? Yep. Um, you did not preserve the shutout there in the fourth quarter. You ended up losing it with a, a field goal there. Was it midway through the fourth quarter? Um, it was about five, a little over five minutes left because they, I think they started that drive it was like a just a few minute minutes yeah, into the fourth quarter. I think it was over a seven minute drive to get that field goal. Yes, yes, it was. Um, let's just quickly run through some of your your game stats here. Um, on the night, Texas Tech put up 424 total yards, 264 through the air, 160 on the ground. Um, you were eight of 14 on fourth down, and you committed four penalties for 50 yards. I think you said fourth down. You meant third. I meant eight for 14 on third down. You're right. You ran 78 total plays, so was that 17 fewer plays than last week? Yeah, I think it was in the 95, I believe. You're exactly right. I think you ran 95 plays, and you had 150 extra yards. Um, So you were pretty close to on pace with that had you run 95 total plays. Um so when you when you look at the total yards, you see 424. Realize that it's on 78 plays instead of 95 from last week, um, and you were at almost five and a half plays. Sorry, five and a half yards per play. Um, you finished time of possession just under 27 minutes, so there was a six minute disparity there between you and UTEP. Um, defense, though, I think is the the story of the game, right? Where uh, you had a shutout going for 55 minutes of the game. You give up a field goal there late in the fourth quarter. Until then, they had played really well. Uh, your first half, I think you held UTEP to something like 50 total yards. Right. First half, it was actually 53. 53 yards. UTEP had 21 passing yards and 32 rushing yards to end the first half. And then Kai Loxley comes in after halftime. Um, their offense, I'm going to say comes alive. They finished the day with 131 yards. So he, he sparked the offense for 80 yards in the second half. Yeah, he really did. As opposed to 50 in the first half. Um, 
like I said, defense is the story here. You you held them to 131 total yards, 54 through the air, 77 on the ground. At one point, I mean, this is well into the game. Their per per rush average gain, sorry, the, uh, yards per rush yeah. for them was well under one. There were a couple drives there. It was like 0.1, 0.2 yards per rush. Yeah. A tenth of a yard. Every time they ran the ball. Yeah. Um, 3.6 inches. <laughs> Something like that. Um, that sounds that sounds reasonable. They ran 57 total plays. Um, so you held them to 2.3 yards per play. Yeah. Like, like you said, I mean, the defense was really the story of this game. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into the offense a little bit more later. But, you know, Jordan Brooks led, led the charge once again, 11 tackles, six solo, uh, one and a half tackles for loss. And I think those were tallied pretty early on in the game. Uh, Rico Jeffers behind him with four tackles, Rambo with four, uh, Xavier Benson with four. I mean, you, you had guys really contributing, especially at the linebacker and Raider positions, which is what you expect. But... Uh, for a, a team that had a running back who single-handedly ran, I believe it was 120 or 130 yards last game, you stifled almost their entire offense for that many that many yardage uh, this game. Wow. Yeah, that so, many yards. So they had two running backs, both hit 27 total yards. Josh Fields and Trayvon Hughes. Um Josh Fields did that on 14 carries, so it's good for just under two yards per carry. Trayvon Hughes did it on 10 carries. Uh, Kyle Loxley also carried the ball nine times, or quarterback for the second half for 21 yards. Um, and there's the majority of your 77 yards, those three players. Um, they were seven of 19 through the air combined between Brandon Jones and Kyle Loxley. Like we said, 54 total yards, zero touchdowns, obviously, zero interceptions. Although. All right, I want to talk. I want to go there first. Okay, where are we going? There were two plays um, that were negated by a defensive offsides on Texas Tech. So Texas Tech had a def- like a defensive offsides called against Texas Tech. One took away a pick six. Yeah, which is it's whatever. What what bothered me was that. Both times, the flag for that wasn't thrown till well after the snap. Like, the play had gone on for a second, two seconds, however long, and then the flag comes out. On that pick six specifically, that flag didn't come out until after the ball had been caught. Yeah, and he was going the other direction. He was fully headed north. Yeah. And then the flag came out. I'm not like sure if the ref had trouble grabbing the flag, if he had it way too far down in his pants. Where he couldn't quite pull it, pull it out, or, or what? He, he was struggling. Yeah, um, he was having some issues. Because here's the thing: like that—that's a pre-snap infraction, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, the referee on the line can see that before they snap the ball. If the dude's offside to the snap, you throw the flag then. Yeah. Not like, well, let's see what happens. And that's when UTEP oh, usually interception. Okay, I, I throw the flag. Yeah, usually that flag gets thrown. 20 feet in the air, UTEP's quarterback in this case would see it and think, okay, free play. Kind of like, right. like Mahomes would do and just 
try to make something happen and and know that whatever happened was going to have no consequences. But that one was kind of a a very slow roll. I don't. It's I like don't playing understand. poker with somebody, and someone really slow rolls you, and it. I'm just not. I don't understand why it didn't come out much sooner. Sure, sure. Anyways, Especially in that instance. Um. So those were two of your four penalties. The other two were um, defensive pass interference. All four of your penalties were on the defense this evening. Yeah. Um. Two of them were. Were offsides. If, well, and if they weren't back to back, they were very close to back to back in Utah. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Steps opening drive of the second half, but somehow Tech still held him. I think that was where the... Was that the field goal attempt that missed? Or did they end up getting rid of the ball before that? I'm having trouble remembering for sure. At the start of the third. Let's the field see. goal was in the third quarter. Field goal attempt was in the third quarter. Yeah, and he missed it. He missed mm-hmm. it wide left. So that was the drive that was solely kept alive because of a couple of penalties. And uh, Tech was still ultimately able to get the stop. So looking at, at drives for, for uh, UTEP, again, back to the defense, you held them to th- seven three-and-outs on the night. On 12 drives, seven of those ended in just three plays. Average field position was on their 23. The longest drive of the evening was the, the one they scored the field goal on, 12 plays for 48 yards. The other ones, three, 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 nine, three, three, six, three, five, six, three. Yeah. So if you didn't get like a three and out, it was the very next set of downs where they would end up punting. Yeah. They Except st- for the one – the two times that they they attempted a field goal. They had nine plays and then 12 plays. Tech forced seven punts in a row to mm-hmm. start the game. And then that field goal attempt that we just mentioned, that was aided by a couple of penalties. Two more punts, then a field goal, then another punt. So it was – it was a great performance by the defense. Nothing that you know, I, I thought the running game would be a little bit more of an issue as far as UTEP being able to move the ball. Oh, but they wanted to, to throw the ball, Michael. Remember? Right? They, <laughs> they they threw it. They threw Super it more successful. this game than, than what we thought we probably thought they would. Um, but I mean, they only threw it 19 times ultimately. Right. I mean, so there were several plays where. Uh, passes were thrown out of bounds and everything, but 
they were not able to get that running game going at all. Uh, One of the big guys up front made sure of that. Of course, with uh, Jordan Brooks on on the prowl, he was making sure that that wasn't going to happen either. And not that Texas Tech was very successful running the ball either. No. You you were missing two starters on the offensive line tonight. Terrence Steele and Jack Anderson did not dress. They did not play. Um. But you ran the ball 31 times for 160 yards. So you averaged greater than five yards a carry. That's that's respectable. But after running for 250 last week, and that was kind of your, your goal for this week was another 200-yard game, hitting 160 was, I would say, a little disappointing. You did have, what's that, uh, eight guys carry the ball tonight? Yeah. Armand Shine, Sir Roderick Thompson, Tejon Henry, were the guys that carried the most. Uh, Shine and Thompson both carried it eight times. Tejon Henry carried it seven. So there's another one, another evening where it was super balanced. And even when you look at Armand Shine and Sir Roger Thompson, they both carried the ball eight times, both finished the night with 45 yards. So they yeah. had the exact same carries, exact same yards. Shine had a touchdown. They both averaged, obviously, 5.6 yards per carry. Henry was not as successful. He, he carried the ball seven times for 28 yards and a touchdown. Well, you were able to you were able to move the ball in the second half a lot better than the first. Uh, the second half you only had a hundred. I mean, you only had sixty eight rushing yards. Uh, I should have kept up with how many um, how many attempts you had, but I didn't. Uh, your yards per rush were four point three, and you finished the game with five point two. So you had an uptick, obviously, of almost a hundred yards in the mm-hmm. second half, which is more like what you're saying. You were leaning towards 200 is kind of where you expect it to be against this team. And they were able to find a way to make it happen in the second half. Uh, I, th- I think we'd feel a little bit better about this if they were able to get that running game going more in the first half. Right. So let's look at the at the passing game. Um, TJ Vasher is your leading receiver both for receptions and yards. Six catchers, 78 yards, two touchdowns, long of 30 on that uh, – that one long ball that Bowman was able to, to, to connect on, yeah, um, into the end zone. He had he had a longer pass play to Dalton Rigdon, but that was one where he broke at the line of scrimmage and, and, and took off running. Uh, next up with Tajon Henry, five catches, thirty-two yards. Dalton Rigdon, four catch, four catches. R.J. Turner, four catches. Dante Thompson, three catches. Mannix and Thompson both had two catches, and then you had five guys with one. Xavier White, Keyshawn Carter, Myler Royals, I guess he came in real late, Caden Leggett, and Armand Shine. Eric Ezukama finishes the night, zero catches on four targets. I I wanted to see more from Vasher, and we, we got that tonight. He still, I think he still led the last game with receptions. Is that right? I couldn't. I don't remember. But uh, you know, he w- he didn't get in the end zone last game. He did this game. One of them on a really big effort play to stretch the ball across the goal line, and then or just continue the play. Do this music. And then the <laughs> other, <laughs> there's, a, there's a breathy sax going on. <laughs> but then the other play was uh, obviously that perfectly thrown dime by Bowman, who would be the first to tell you, and he was in the press conference that. His deep ball needed needed some work. He actually said that he was upset with himself, and he missed a lot of downfield throws. Throws, and he knows that that's going to be an emphasis next week. 
I I agree. I don't want to beat up on the kid by any means, but that was uh, – and I'm not putting it all on him. It was a disappointing aspect of tonight's game. I think a lot of us came in, myself included. I had the the uh, brilliant idea to predict a 63-13 score on the, on the countdown to kickoff show with Rob Bro and Carson Robinson today. And we all picked something in the 50s at, at the least. Tech obviously did not – even get close to that uh i'm not saying that this is an excess un you know unsuccessful outing because a win is a win but it does worry me a little bit uh you know back to back three and outs in the first quarter was not something that i expected to see Mm -hmm. and you know couple of stops here and there. Uh, Tech actually went forward on fourth down to convert, and they ended up scoring on that drive, which is great. But it, it came down to a fourth down conversion at about the 35. So I, the offense, I felt, looked a lot better last week against what most would consider a superior opponent. So mm-hmm. I'm really not sure what to look into that, aside from things are going to be touch and go here and there. Yeah, so we, I, I think across the board, obviously, um, outside of the counter to kickoff show, expected a wider margin, a hand, a handily more, more points than yeah. thirty-eight, a blowout, basically. You know, you, you, you did cover, sure, <laughs> barely. <laughs> I mean, uh, you you won by thirty-five. Um, I, I, I don't know if we're we're venturing into the let's be worried yet, but they're now through two weeks. You've we've left the game. I mean, like uh, we probably left some points on the field. We didn't play as well as we could have. We we this game could have been not as close. Um, and it doesn't help when you start looking around like the con- you start looking around the conference, especially at Kansas State. They played a, a team very similar. Uh, in competition to UTEP, they played. Ooh, I'm blanking on who they played. Today. Bowling Green. They played Bowling Green, who's like I think I think ranked 120th in all the F- FBS, and UTEP was 129. They beat them 52 to zero. Yeah, no question. So you were, I mean, t- two touchdowns off basically from matching that. Um, but it just it just the th- the difference between that 38 and 52. It just feels a lot larger than than two scores. Yes. Um, well, and part of it was I th- I, what did you mention to me on the way? They had over a hundred or two hundred rushing yards they, in the they had, second quarter, or something crazy yeah, like, like that. I think four or five minutes into the second quarter, they were at two hundred and fifty rushing yards, and they finished the game. So they went two quarters and then a half of a quarter, and only picked up a hundred more yards. Yeah. Well, they but scored 21 points in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. They had 17 in the first. And then so scored seven in the third, seven in the fourth. They had as many points as Tech did in the first half. And then it looks like they let off the gas, scored a touchdown apiece in the third and fourth, like you said. I, I don't want to look too much into Kansas State just yet. but Well, no, but what we can look at is Arizona. Yes. Um, and we checked the score on the drive over here. Um at half, it was fifty-one to thirteen over North, Northern Arizona. So yeah. they're playing an FCS opponent. Currently fifty-one to twenty in the third, but they put up fifty-one points in the in, the, in a half. Right, and you have yet to put up fifty-one points in a game. And um, I, I think that's going to be 
even if our defense plays continues to play as well as they have, the competition's going to get better. Uh, there's going to be a lot more holes and gaps in this defense that obviously were not an issue against these first two opponents. They're going to be exposed against the likes of a Kansas State or mm-hmm. an Oklahoma State or any you know take your pick over the next ten games. Yeah, and I again I'm I'm not sure where you draw the line between do we have enough to know kind of what we can expect this season or or when is that going to be um but maybe maybe the, those comments from David Yost when he said our quarterbacks make a big jump from year 1 to year 2 like generally the offense is going to be a lot better in year 2 and we're start, we're seeing what that means um you know 40 it, it seems it seems weird to complain about 45 and 38 points right in back to back games yeah it does but both games had extended periods of time when you felt like the offense wasn't moving very well. Um, the quarterback wasn't in sync with the receivers or anything like that. So it looks like, at least early on through week two, like we're one-sixth of the season through. Defense is way ahead of the offense because um, it's, it's performed on par or better than you would have expected. Um, having given up 13 points in the season. Right. So maybe, maybe like we're starting to see or we can start to expect that the offense won't be what we were used to, that Yost, his offense is going to be just a little bit more subdued in points. We're not going to be getting into shootouts like we were. Um, But again, I don't know when to make that call. And at one point we can say, Oh, this is for sure what we're gonna have. Yeah, it it's a it's a repetitive theme. We'll know more next week. But even then, depending on who you talk to or depending on what people think or say, Arizona's not that great of a team. So they're either great or they're not. Even if we win, okay, we should have. Even if we don't, well, that's because we're terrible. It, yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to really. Because then analyze this. After Arizona, you get Oklahoma. You're like, well, we were picked to lose to Arizona. Yeah. But at that point, we're four games in. Like, well, should we know what we should expect at that point? Well, and and I think part of the reason we're frustrated is, yeah, it's because both of these, these games, the lulls that have been discussed, seem to have come right after a methodical like seven play touchdown drive maybe not yeah, even your, that your, I mean, they were your clicking first, your first drive of the game um, let me pull that up really quickly yeah it was I've, I've got it it was nine plays nine plays 50 yards two minutes 17 seconds right and then your next two drives three plays minus three yards punt six yards sorry six plays 16 yards punt and then you get a 10-play, 77-yard touchdown drive, 11-play, 52-yard drive that ends in an interception, so Bowman's first interception of the season. Right. Which was a really underthrown ball, not something that... It was so strange. I'm, yeah, I'm not, not sure something you used about. to see him doing. I, We talked about it while we were watching it. Maybe he meant to throw it away but didn't quite get it out far enough. Couldn't tell for sure. Yeah. So... 
Michael, th thoughts on this before we go to our, our questions or what, what, what do you what do you leave the game feeling, thinking, contemplating, worried about? I've, I feel a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, okay. I was hoping to crack 50 and get into 60. That may not mean a thing. We, you know, in six weeks from now, we may not care one bit that tech, quote unquote, only handled UTEP 38 to 3. And maybe maybe we score between 38 and 45 points every week. Yeah, and that would be <laughs> yeah, a heck of an average. Yeah, regardless of opponent. That would be incredible. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm not I'm not super impressed with with how everything mm -hmm. went tonight, but I mean, the guys almost had a shutout with 5 minutes left. I don't which is hard to complain about. We like, don't I, see I those. Feel like yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to blame Rob Bro for, for jinxing it because he, he, he sent the tweet out during that last dr that drive when UTEP scored. Oh, he totally did. The last time Tech had shot a, a, an FBS opponent was 2005 versus Baylor. And then UTEP finishes off that drive with a field goal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with you that I'm also a little underwhelmed on the offensive output side. I'm kind of on guard, if that makes any sense. Kind of... You know, I, we've talked about it. I came into this season thinking maybe five wins. You know, I was thinking five and seven season. That's kind of where my head was. And so I'm kind of still I'm, on guard thinking that that's still maybe where we are. I'm interested to see how this weekend's games change those statistical models. Like, after week one, you saw a pretty pretty solid shift in the projection for Texas Tech to go to seven and five. I'm, I'm interested to see if there's another shift yeah. Um, okay. Let's let's get to some reaction here. Chris underscore Hill eighty five. How does Houston Baptist throw for more than three hundred? And we only throw for two sixty. Good question. I have no idea. One, I don't know what Houston Baptist was doing. Um, I do know that they were a Kingsbury coaching tree because you've got um, Kitley's son is on the offensive staff. He may be the offensive coordinator. He was a GA here. Wes oh, that's Kitley's right. Son Zach Kitley. Um, so it's very similar to what Texas Tech was running under Kingsbury. Maybe they're just their their offense was not geared towards balance. I don't. I haven't looked at the rushing numbers. Um, but yeah, you would think Texas Tech would be able to throw for more than 260 yards. Yeah, against Rick, Rick. one of the worst teams in. All of the FBS. Yeah, regardless of what Houston Baptist was able to do, uh, to come away with 264 passing yards as a Tech team seemed a little, a little off. On the flip side, Cody Shannon says, "Do you think Tech fans have been too spoiled by the fast-paced air raid offenses of the past? So now that we are way more balanced, methodical offense, everyone's immediate reaction is to freak out like the boat is sinking." I mean, I, that's a good point because we're not sure at. W where the offensive output falls if it's we're just being more methodical on it that, that's why the the points are down or if it's just a combination of that and Alan Bowman in a new offensive system Yost play calling once we get a lead I'm, I'm not sure um, but yeah I, I they do use the clock a little bit more, but Wells brought up a good point. I think their longest scoring drive was three and a half minutes tonight. That wasn't – I don't think that was something that they 
you know, yeah, they don't so hang on to the ball. That, that was it. The longest scoring drive was exactly. Regardless, yeah, regardless of outcome, the longest time that Texas Tech held the ball was three minutes and 36 seconds. And, and that, that was, was the, the interception. Mm-hmm. So they, they had the ball. They, these were short drives. Uh, you know, UTEP, we spoke of it earlier, the field goal, their drive was seven minutes and 19 seconds. They had a four-minute drive here that ended in a field goal attempt. Um, but and yeah. the rest of them were so short on plays because of they were of punts that they didn't have a lot of time of possession outside of those two drives. So they don't hog the, the clock quite as much. But, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of something we're trying to wrestle with, or I am at least, is to figure out if the boat's sinking or not just because we're not scoring as many points as we think we should be. Yeah. Um, Cody goes on to say, also, I get that Wells and Yost weren't a spread offense, but it's more like a hybrid spread. CSU's... Because... um, But it's more like a hybrid spread. CSU's did the tight end run game and not as chaotic as Air Raid can be sometimes. They seem to like to use up the clock. I mean... I wouldn't say they like to use it the clock yeah. be- because of what we just said about the longest drive of the evening, regardless of outcome, was three minutes. Um, so I don't. I don't yeah, and, and I think you're right. It, it is more. It's not as chaotic as the air raid can be. I think that's a great point. Which is interesting because you're talking about a, a, a team that goes faster than what we've seen before. Yeah, be un- in more control than teams pass. Right, they're more in, they're more in control. I, that's exactly it. And the, a lot of the formations are the same. It, it's very similar to, and I know this has been pointed out by several people, but it's very similar to Leach's version of the air raid, which was a lot of similar plays, similar looks, different different formations, guys running different routes from a uh, the same formation. I mean, you know, just kind of some tweaks. And not as big of a playbook, and that's something that the offensive guys have mentioned this whole offseason is just there are a lot less plays under Yost's system than there were under Kingsbury's. Yeah, so let's let's wrap this up and, and get on to to our our preview for next week. Um, Texas Tech wins the wins tonight, thirty eight to three. Um, handily, this game was was never in question. Um, the one thing I, I guess could make you a little anxious after a defensive performance like this is that you have yet to force a turnover. Oh, that's true. In two games, you, you did have that, that pick six erased from a offsides call, which was sketchy at best. Right. And you ended the night with only three sacks, and I think one of them was, so one was in on, the very on the last f- few minutes of the game. One was the f- first play, sorry, in the first drive. The yeah. other two came on the, on the same drive. Um, that that UTEP ended up scoring the field goal on. Oh, okay, okay, you're right. The, the sacks pushed them back and made for it. That's right. One of them was a 14 or 16 yard loss. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Um, so, any any parting thoughts before we we sign off for the evening? No, but I am. Before we hit record, we started talking about the Arizona game. You know, the fact that they were able to put 51 points against anybody in a first half is worrisome to say the least so we'll see how this game goes this week and i'm excited for tech to get their first taste of a road game they haven't been on the road yet this year Mm -mm. and to see how they do against a 
a power five opponent and how they can try to stifle Khalil Tate and his uh, his ability to move on his feet. So yeah, for for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for listening to a post-game instant reaction podcast for the 23 Personnel Podcast. We will catch you on Wednesday in our preview episode for the road game to Arizona. Until then, we'll see you later.